The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to Inspire FM. You're listening to Community Connect. Um, hope you've all been well over the last week. Um, so for today's show, we've got quite a good show and quite an interesting show lined up for you guys because we actually have a caller and we have a, a sheikh who's going to come in and, well not, sorry, come in, but he's going <laughs> to phone in and he's going to join us uh, for our first topic. So um, to introduce, I've got three people to meet today. Um, I think this is probably the most we've had over the last few weeks. In a while, yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, we, last week we had four as well, didn't we? Um, we yeah, last week we had four. Okay, anyway, we've got, so first we've got Junaid. Assalamualaikum, Junaid, how are you? Assalam, how are you? I'm, uh, of course, I haven't been here for quite a while. I just I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so, if the listeners don't know, this is Junaid who, how many shows did you come in, Junaid? You came in a few. Yeah, quite a few shows, but then I took a break because, you know, with exams and everything, and then after, no, like, back. I got used to college life, I'm back. So, back but he's back, get used to him. But he's wait, is it a permanent back? Let's hope so. We'll see Inshallah. how the show goes. Inshallah. we keep hearing him on the radio. Uh, we also have Shakib. Assalamualaikum, Shakib. How are you? Welcome, Assalamualaikum. I'm doing great. What about you? I'm doing fine. I'm f- fairly, fairly happy. Oh, that's great. <laughs> wait, why are you happy? I, I don't know. It's really positive. That's good. And obviously, um, you've just heard him speak. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, Abdul, how are you? Wa alaikum salam, alhamdulillah. I'm really good today for some reason. As in, normally today would be my longest college day out of the entire week, and I would be dead after the entire day. But I feel really energetic for some reason, probably because we're getting a call and we haven't had one in a while. Yeah, is that our first caller? I think it is. Like oh. even for, for since I've started uh, doing Community Connect uh, about last year, uh, throughout that entire year we've only had one caller who was my cousin, and <laughs> <laughs> and that was just to say congratulations on doing the show. But uh, other than that, I believe this is our first like official. Well, it's progress, call. right? So <laughs> progression. We're getting there. Right. So although do we although we do have a caller afterwards, um, we've had our discussion with the Sheikh about our topic, which is religion. Uh, in society and how that how religion actually plays a role within society, especially in modern times, you can in fact call us in and let us know your own thoughts. Uh, you can call us in on oh one five eight two four eight one eight double two, or you can message or WhatsApp us on oh triple seven nine four eight one eight double two. And just so you guys are aware, we are on podcasts now, so you can see them on Twitter. I'm uh, sorry, not Twitter, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, also, if you would like to um, get any information from the Sheikh, and then uh, you can, in fact, uh, call in during his calling and um, just ask him any questions yourself if you do have any regarding. No, it doesn't even have to be regarding our topic. If you just want any advice, Islamic advice, then uh, we will be able to ask the Sheikh for you on your behalf. So be sure to do that, inshallah. Um, and before we actually uh, introduce the Sheikh, who would be, will be with us in a few minutes, I just want to give a brief background on him because it seems only fair to do so. Um, his name is Sheikh Nur Uddin and he actually is the presenter for Quranic Reflections, which is another show here on Inspire FM. So he's not unfamiliar with the studio. So just so you guys are aware, this is what he, he's done. And um, yeah, so before we get the uh, Sheikh on the call, can I get your opinions on the on this topic what do you guys think when i say islam and society what do you think Akib? i think it's something that does i think islam and religion as a whole does fit within society if it is placed correctly if that makes sense because mm-hmm. i think if someone has the wrong values wrong morals which are sadly pushed by sort of um, the media then i don't think religion can sort of fit in because people a lot of the stuff that um, religion it goes against because it acts as protection modern day society sort of pushes okay so uh, I believe we now have Sheikh uh, Nur Uddin on the line Assalamu alaikum Sheikh Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh how are you? Alhamdulillah how are you doing today? yeah very well barakallah Allah bless you Amin um, so today just so you're aware we are talking about um, Islam and society and we just thought it would be good if instead of us just saying what we think about Islam and society, it would be good if we got a professional view. So someone who um, has some at least some knowledge of some like clear knowledge, authentic knowledge 
that would be able to back up our opinions inshallah inshallah bismillah bismillah um so um let's carry on getting our opinions around um junaid what do you think of islam and um society what comes to your mind i think uh, islam is very uh, i think it's beneficial to society because being muslim is not only just doing quran and practicing namaz etc it's also about following the hadith and the teaching the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so i think one of the things uh, the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said is that you know you should always take care of your neighbors in fact so much so that he feared that they'll have a like when you when you pass away they'll have a right to some of your wealth that mm-hmm. shows how significant they are and not only the neighbors like help doing other kind of stuff for the community like if there's a obstacle blocking uh, a pathway if you remove it it's going to be like, uh, some like a great reward for you okay so, inshallah and um um sheikh what do you think about this how and do you have have you ever had come across the situation where you find a countless number of hadith that teach you how to kind of live your life and they kind of help you in all the little small things yeah no doubt about it. <laughs> the quran and hadith is filled with you know guidance for uh, how to interact with each other how to interact with one society uh, as the brother who was just speaking said you know obviously reciting quran is very important praying salah is very important you know ritual worship to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very important but um this type of uh, interaction with society in the way we treat each other and the way we deal with each other um and how we uh, are in our society is a very very important aspect of uh of islam and the two things the brother alluded to these are both from hadith in sahih al-bukhari in the first one as the brother alluded to the prophet sallallahu said jibril alayhi salam came to me so regularly and was advised with with, the, with regards to the neighbor so constantly that i felt he may include him in the inheritance you see and as we know inheritance tends to go to the your closest relatives um in another hadith also in sahih al-bukhari the prophet said man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir whoever believes in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let him his neighbor well and uh, the prophet the other hadith that i referred to as well um in that hadith the prophet mentioned that uh, iman is odd or 70 odd branches and at the end of the hadith, the Prophet said, and removing something harmful from the street is part of Iman. So, you know, everything the brother said is supported by sound hadith, inshallah ta'ala. But as I said, Quran and hadith is filled with this, you know, how to, and it always begins with those who are closest to you. The Quran speaks a lot about how to treat your parents, respect for your parents, uh, humility with your parents. <clears throat> then you have your faqriba, those who are close to you and uh, to, to treat them well. Then beyond relative, uh, you have obviously, so even before that, you have the spouse and how it's important to treat your spouse. So in the hadith, Dirmidhi, the Prophet said, خيركم, خيركم خيركم The best of you, the best of, of you to his family, and I'm the best of you to my family. Sayyidina Muhammad, and uh, it just expands out from there, you know. Al-Aqrabu fal-Aqraba, the Prophet Sallallahu advised, you know, you make the most effort with those who are closest to you, but then the wider society, you try your absolute best to help people, to benefit people, to be a positive member of that society, an effective uh, and positive force in society. Um, yes, indeed. Um, you've made very interesting points there, but the one that kind of captures the entire thing is it's kind of strange because when you talk about Islam and society, what you actually end up doing is talking about the individuals and their actions because society is, in fact, made up of a bunch of individuals who come together. And so, the, would, so Shakib, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think that the fact that it's better to perfect individuals rather than groups within society. I think perfecting individuals will help perfect society. So if one person sees one person doing something else, they'll copy. In that aspect, I believe that us as individuals should implement Islam in our everyday things and people will follow and that perfects society as a whole. And I didn't go into that. Um, sort of humans, we're sort of like sheep in that way because if we see someone doing something, 
we're likely to follow, especially if it's a large group. We're very much that way. We, if we see a large number of people doing something, we tend to follow. And if that large number of people are doing something which is good and following Islam and practicing Islam in a positive way and helping the community, then of course that person's going to follow, and that's only going to help more and more people uh, turn to Islam and actually practice uh, Islam in their daily lives. I actually have a story uh, which is reflects what you both have said. So this happened today, actually. I was on my way to the, the prayer room. I caught up with a couple of friends while I was on my way there. And they asked me, where am I going? I said, I'm going to the prayer room. Do you want to come? And they saw in them seeing me come to the prayer room. They kind of felt inspired themselves and they followed me in. So there were three of them. And then we all went together, did Jumaat and then... It was, it was just so inspirational to see that oh, just by me doing what I do regularly, I can get other people involved. Uh, so, Junaid, what do you think about... Uh, the f- uh, I'm going to ask the same question to you to what I asked to Shaheeb. Do you think that it's better to uh, perfect individuals in society rather than tackling the entire society at once? I think at first, the inner struggle is more important, perfecting yourself before you perfect your surroundings. What's the point in perfecting your surroundings if you're yourself not a pure individual? So... If you are a practicing Muslim and you follow the hadith, you are like a good manners, delicate manners, and people like looked up to you. They'd obviously look at you and they want they'd want to try be like you. So in that way, in turn, you're passively helping them by helping yourself. That's a good point. And Sheikh, can you confirm this for me? There was a hadith about uh, he who enjoins others in doing a good reward re- receives similar no. rewards in doing as if he did it himself. No, no, this isn't Sahih Muslim. The one who calls to good uh, is like the one who does it. And this is a short version. Then you have a longer version and also in Sahih Muslim where the Prophet said that when a person teaches somebody uh, something good to another person, he has the full reward of that action without it decreasing that individual's reward. The hadith does continue, and again, this feeds directly into what you're saying here. So that's the first half of a person who teaches good to another, and that person acts upon it. He has the full reward of it without decreasing his reward. That's the first half. The second half, whoever misguides people, he shares in the sin of that person without his sin. This hadith in Sahih Muslim. So the first part answers your question that, you know, uh, do you have this reward when you call others to good and, uh, and such things? But the second part is important as well that, you know, if in a society you are playing a negative role, you're uh, taking people away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're actively doing that in your society, then this is going to uh, have a, a, you know, place a large burden on this individual in terms of sin and can really be very problematic for this individual in the dunya and in the akhirah. Indeed. Um, Sheikh, I've got a question for you regarding this hadith. And you say that um, the, he who calls other people to do bad, but... Um, let's take, for example, someone who is uh, misguided rather than uh, encouraging people to do bad. Let's suppose he has the wrong idea of a belief. And I believe this would be cl- classed as bid'ah, something which is uh, innovated in the religion. Uh, but they're not, they, let's say the individual is not aware that this is in fact bid'ah. Would they still get uh, sinned if the individuals who follow him start copying what he does? Ultimately, obviously, uh, the, the judgment for a particular individual is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in general terms, yes. Why? And I'll explain a bit, in a bit of detail. In general terms, we are required to study Islam. And we are required, especially when we're speaking about differences of opinion amongst Muslims. When we're speaking about differences of opinion amongst Muslims, we're not supposed to have what we call ta'asub. We're not supposed to have this bias um, that, you know, well, my teacher taught me this, so therefore he must necessarily be right. If you find other educated Muslims saying something slightly different, you have to be open-minded to that. You have to give consideration to, you know, is this, fully in line with Qur'an and Hadith. When a person does that, then he's fulfilled his duty, inshaAllah. When a person has ta'asub, okay, that he's, as you call it, he's upon bid'ah, okay, and when other people try to explain 
brother or sister, uh, what you're saying here is actually incorrect. What you're quoting to here is actually mis- it clearly contradicts this verse of Quran. It clearly contradicts this hadith of the Prophet of the uh, The scholars of this ummah they've clearly interpreted the Quran like this and the hadith like this and you're going beyond that and it's made clear for a person that they're on misguidance um, but they're not willing to listen because of what I call ta'assub. It's just, well, this is my way and that's it. I'm going to stick to that and I don't care about anything else. Now the person has done something wrong. You see, whereas if uh, this may be the scenario you're asking about, where a person is actively trying to study the deen, reads Quran, inshallah ta'ala, studies hadith, studies with qualified scholars, inshallah ta'ala, um, and doing their utmost to learn the deen correctly, and they are open-minded, because as I said, when it comes to differences of opinion within the deen, amongst Muslim scholars, we should have an open mind. They're doing all of that, but despite their effort, they actually haven't come across something, then, you know, the affair of this person is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, but the point is, this person has no, had no opportunity to change their ways or to change their views, or as, as you mentioned, or to change the bid'ah that they are upon. Okay, Sheikh, Jazakallah so much. Brother? Yeah, that answers it so well. Jazakallah khair. Um, uh, time is coming up to 16 past, so um, we've... We invited you for about 10 minutes, so Jazakallah Khair for... And may Allah bless you for your advice and thank you for your time. Wa alaikum salam. So um, that was Sheikh Noor Uddin, who is the presenter of Quranic Reflections. And um, so for those of you who just tuned in, we were talking about... Um, Islam and society and we got a little sidetracked there, but that's good because at the end of the day we're still learning um, I just want to uh, reiterate this question to you um, Okay, because I don't think I got a chance to do you think when it comes to perfecting society individual uh, in uh, Perfecting yourself as an individual is the most important thing Yes, because as the Sheikh was saying the way to affect a group of people and others around you is by being by perfecting yourself first because people then will then follow you and you can't uh, so if you the way to first help everyone else change and become better is you can't really do that until you found that within yourself and you've actually improved yourself and by you improving yourself people are going to look at you and think oh wow this person's actually trying to strive in the way of Allah and they might uh, try to do the same thing which you you which inherently helps them uh, improve and help society improve so by helping by trying to improve yourself and focusing on your own deen you're also impro- improving all of society at the same time all right and uh Junaid, do you have anything to add yeah there's a story i'd like to add where a father wanted his son to stop eating a lot of sweets so he sent him to like a mulvi to tell him to stop eating those kind of sweets to help help his diet because it's obviously bad for him but he said come back to me in uh, how many days was it? Was it ten days? I believe it was six months or something like that. Or six, yeah, six months. Because when he came back, that's in that time, that time window, the mulvi uh, refrained from eating sweets and f- um, fixed up his habit of eating sweets, so he could tell the son to stop eating those kind of things because he himself had that problem. So before he advises others to do something, he has to implement it himself. I believe that is essentially what the basis of hi- hypocrisy is. You can't tell, uh, like, you shouldn't tell other people to not do things unless you don't do them yourself essentially and um, that's an interesting story there I remember hearing that in my childhood uh, and the main lesson to be shared from that is uh, in society we have people who say who say things but they don't act upon it like you could have someone who's speeding but tell others not to speed because they might die Uh, it seems pretty ironic there and what we need to learn is that babies especially we learn through examples so if if a child, there was actually psychological experiments done behind this. If a child sees violence they, uh, or is exposed to it, they're more likely to get violent themselves. Similarly, if we show more Islam in ourselves, other people are more likely to see it and copy it. But that brings me on to the question, what essentially is Islam to you? I think I think Janae touched upon it earlier on in the show, about Islam is just more than practicing the five pillars of Islam, because obviously... You know, that is the fundamentals of Islam. 
but it's also about following uh, the sunnah of the Prophet and also being a good role model to those around you and helping society and it's, it's more than because you can have uh, you could be able to be sh- uh, there's people that pray five times a day and recite Quran but they don't actually implement that knowledge from the Quran in their daily lives and they may be rude people and they might not have the best attitude but for those people they're not truly um, living Islam throughout their whole lives they're only just simply reading Quran but there's no point sort of, in my view reading Quran if you're not gaining the knowledge from it and actually implementing it into your own lives so to add on to Akib's point how he iterated the fact that the Quran and uh, it tells you the basics and the fundamentals of being a Muslim but to actually have a a, a way of us understanding how to implement that in our daily lives so as an example that's done through the hadith so that tells us how what to do how do you do wudu uh, how do you do namaz how do you behave with relatives uh, all these other delicate manners things like that the quran doesn't actually teach you or it skims over it the the hid- teachings of the hadith of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that that's what tells you how to implement these kind of things in your daily lives uh, yeah i was going to ask that question actually um everyone in this room apart from shakib actually the, did ari um in, in gcse meaning religious education um, so I'd like to ask to keep this question. One of the uh, the big mock uh, questions that we had was this phrase which we had to evaluate. And the phrase was that uh, Muslims uh, only need the Quran as the book. In, that they, It's the only book that they need to follow in order to become, uh, in order to go to Jannah. And I'd like to ta- get your take on that. What do you think about that? Well, to be honest, I, I think that's... You're 50-50 there Because the Quran does It skims past Like Junaid said The Quran skims past everything And to be honest You should read the Hadith And that tells you about how What you should do In your daily life And yeah The Quran is essential uh, In Islam But uh, I think That you should also read the Hadiths And to me, Islam is when you implement it in every little thing that you do mm-hmm. throughout the day. That's good. Instead of, you know, I'm um, reading Quran, I pray five times. It's like I have to implement Islam in my daily life. And, yeah. Yeah, they say that Islam is actually a lifestyle. It's not something, and it's not like a, a hobby or something like that. It's, it's like it becomes a part of you. Because one thing I find really uh, cool to some extent is that all of you here today, all the good co- qualities that you have, I believe that most of them have originated from religion. The fact that you are told to do good to these people, the fact that you're told to help these people out, help your brother out, you shouldn't go sleep while your neighbours still are hungry, and stuff like that. I just find that all of it originates from um, religion. The fact that you should respect your elders, respect your youngsters. I, I just find that really interesting. Um, I also want to go on a little tangent here. Uh, leading on from that point though, you just obviously talking about having a lot of morals that, say, a lot of us have come from religion. Uh, I just wanted to ask, obviously within modern society, religion is becoming less influential, unfortunately. And does that? do you think that means that uh, society is also becoming less immoral? Sorry, less moral and becoming more immoral? Not necessarily, to be honest. I think if we still have those good individuals within society, they'll help every when else in modern society go back onto that track? I have to disagree with you there, Shakib. Um, I actually believe that the less Islam that we have, the more sort of problems that we start facing. Hmm. And sometimes people don't even recognise these as problems anymore because of the, of how uh, distant we get from the religion. So yeah, it becomes so normal. To it them. becomes normalised essentially. Yes. Um, stuff. Let's say, for example, swearing uh, in the. In Islam, swearing is prohibited because it's, it's foul talk, it's a sin to swear essentially. But nowadays you see so many people, elders, youngsters, and they they let the words go without a care in the world. And I just find it kind of saddening to see that people don't even recognize it as a sin remotely anymore. And that's just one example out of the many that I see. And I think that's because of how common it's become that... You know, when you sort of see someone, when you see everyone around you doing it, you begin to think, oh wait, that person's doing it, that person's doing it. Maybe it's not so bad if I do it. And unfortunately, that's how many people think. That's how I've thought in the past when it comes to things like that. And I, 
and if it shouldn't be how we think because we should be focusing I think sort of link back to the start of the show when we're talking about society we should be focusing on ourselves and focusing on us improving ourselves and not focusing on others and how the things that they're doing uh, I totally agree with Akib there and I think because swearing is becoming more and more normal it's due to the influence on pe- people have on others mm-hmm. and it's also due to civilization around us so as a western civilization you have swearing a lot on TV and it's not that monetized and I think kids learn from there and then implement it into real world um Junaid, I'd like to ask you quickly because we're coming down to the end of our show um what do you think is the most one thing one important thing that society should try and focus on fixing like all the individuals they should do collectively or do more of or one thing they should do less of i think they should all try as much as they can in their everyday lives try to implement as much hadith and teaching with the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as they can because obviously that will better society as a whole and themselves as an ind- individual jazakallah khair yes, uh, join us after the break assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum this is atif nawaz and you're listening to an inspire fm podcast Assalamu alaikum welcome back to community connect and welcome us back from the break uh, before we were on the topic of islam in society um so yeah just before the break we were talking about islam in society um i asked chenaid the question uh, what is the one most important thing that he feels that an every individual should do in order to make society better and chenaid uh, do you remember your answer or do you want to come up with it yeah yeah so um to better society as a whole i think everyone should as much as what they're doing right now to top that off try to copy as much as they can the teachings and the hadith of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam because obviously that will better society and his uh, advice is the best advice of course so obviously that will help improve society jazakallah khair for that um akib i'd like to ask you the same question i would say the best thing to do is probably get into the Uh, get into good company mm-hmm. because as we were talking about um, before you were affected by those around us and if those around us are doing the right thing then we're going to follow that same path mm-hmm. and getting into the right company that's something you know very easy that we can all do just making the right friendship groups and obviously just as the we were talking about before the show and the, what the sheikh touched upon those people who do bad will obviously affect those around him as well so if you're in bad company you know a lot of people might say Oh, I mean, but my friends might be bad, but um, I don't don't do that stuff. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is that you become affected by your friendship groups, and you end up following them. And it's important to make sure that you're around people that are pushing you, and you're he- pushing you in Islam, and you're helping push them in Islam. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shakib, what do you think is the one most important thing we should add or get rid of? I think we should help the misguided people in society. Um. to elaborate elaborating by meaning the people who we deem to be like misguided or we should help them become better and then others will follow as well uh, going on to that point that I keep said people are like sheep <coughs> and we don't follow i think helping the misguided would help society a lot and then improve it in a way that's a good point and um personally i believe that the, if there's one thing that we should do a uh, one thing that we should perfect essentially it would be our prayers because uh and by we can all say oh yeah i pray five times a day but if we focus on our prayers and focus on the meaning as well as ju- the prayer itself and i believe that uh we would be able to find that the islam within us essentially we'd be able to see that uh, how uh, everything else will kind of fall in place i believe and uh, because the meaning of the prayer is so key and if we take it to heart then it would make all the difference we can all read the words of prayer here but how many of us actually know the meaning of what we say and once we get to that level i believe it makes much more difference and then everything else kind of falls in place who we become the, or what we want to do inshallah and that's what i i think and so far i think that point i think a lot of people see a uh, prayer as sort of like a chore and something that they need to sort of do and they just sort of see it as a daily task or praying five times a day they don't really think twice about it mm-hmm. but i think it's important to really consider the significance of that 
and how important it is and what exactly you what is what it is exactly that you're doing because once you do that it'll become as you said it'll help improve all of your islam and i think we've all you know seen other people in, uh, or maybe in ourselves where sort of people may rush uh, salah not realizing the actual effects of it and how significant it truly is yeah um so let's move on to the second topic but before we do Akib, <laughs> go on, it's your daily task, the numbers. I, I'm, I'm pretty decent at remembering at the moment. So you can call us in on 01582 481 822 or you can message or WhatsApp us on 0779 481 822. Excellent. He's gotten way better and, and we've only had one caller, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it was our first caller. <laughs> <laughs> so but you can make it two. You can make uh, it yeah, two today. Break the record. <laughs> break the record. Uh, so um, let's get into the topic of mental health. I want to get your opinions around here. What do you think mental health? I'm going to start with Janet because he's making eye contact with me. Um, well, I think mental health is. Yep. What's it's your interpretation of it? The state of one's mental state. So you like how they are, like, they may appear physically mm. okay, but deep down they may be having certain troubles or going through certain issues that you wouldn't know about. So, of course, that could be something detrimental to the life. And obviously, we know that if something's uh, like affecting you negatively, mentally, that's also going to have a physical uh, man- manifestation. So, it's going to express itself physically through maybe, I don't know, that's true. some uh, health problems. Mm-hmm. And let's move on to Akib. What do you think when I say mental health? So, and I think when anyone says mental health, often we come up with sort of bad... Um, thoughts we sort of start thinking about uh, depression and things like anxiety mm-hmm. and we start thinking about the negative um, negative ideas to do with um, mental health but I think it's also important to recognize that there's also this mental health just literally means the state of your mental right. as, as Janae said yeah. you state of your mental state if that makes sense yeah. <laughs> um, and it can be either positive or negative so so when someone says you know um, they've got uh, to say something that is suffering from mental health doesn't really necessarily clarify exactly what they mean because mental health isn't just so specific. It's it's a broad range broad range of things and it affects different people in different ways. Yeah. Um. And even stuff like depression. Um. Say one person suffering from depression, and another suffering person suffering from depression. You can't cure it the same way. It's per- personal to that person, mm-hmm. and it's completely different and they may have it for completely different reasons and the effects of it are also completely different so it's not necessarily like other medical conditions where you know you go to the doctor they give you some antibiotics and it's that set antibiotics that you need to take mm-hmm. and it's fine it's much more personal and much more harder to cure it's interesting i never thought about it like that um Shakib, mental health what do you think mental health is the state of someone's mel- mental well-being to be honest and I think it's an issue that's overlooked, uh, overlooked in, in the community. You think so? Um, I think, oh uh, yeah, I think so. And I think we need to put more attention on mental health. More and because, because people who have mental health, they don't, they don't talk about it as much. And they don't say it freely. Yet they hide it in, within themselves. And you can't physically look at someone and say, oh yeah, you have, you have mental health issues. You have to come out themselves. And I feel something like that is uh, it's mental like an issue in our community that we need to address. You know what's interesting here? I've asked you all what mental health is, and you all, uh, apart from Junaid, who's basically a robot, and he just said it's the state, the state of your men- or oh, state of your health <laughs> in your bra- in your brain or something like that. Uh, what's interesting is I say mental health. You all think of things like depression and all these issues, whereas when I think of mental health, the first thing that comes to my mind is you know the emoji the smiley face on that's <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind because mental health is essentially how you're feeling and all that stuff that goes up in your head and the f- and it could be an emotion it could be your state of mind how you're feeling and i just there's that common bias that we all have where we all assume mental health means oh you have problems but whereas if i ask Junaid, Junaid, what's your mental health right what's your mental health like right now I'm pretty okay right now, I'm pretty decent. <laughs> See? And you're smiling as well. So, um, that it just goes to show that when you say mental health, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I have issues. It means, how are you feeling, essentially? 
but I, don't th- I think people have this interpretation is due to you know media and mm-hmm. how they present mental health and they always present it as a negative or if you check on the news it will say mental health does this or like that and i think that's why people have interpretations of negative about mental health yeah but then wouldn't you also argue that Ment- ment- positive mental health isn't an issue really yes, That's fine, that's normal mm-hmm. And that's a good thing Therefore it wouldn't necessarily require as much focus As someone but you have with negative mental health You can say that positive mental health Isn't as talked, ab- much, uh, isn't talked about as much as negative mental health But then health. isn't positive mental health the norm? Because mm-hmm. t- technically according to social norms We all should be you know, happy Obviously you have down days But we should all generally be happy and be getting on with our lives and that's sort of the normality that we're sort of told about and someone feeling depressed or going through uh, different mental health problems that's sort of the taboo within society mm. and that's why it's i think it's more po- important to focus upon those because obviously someone who's focusing who someone who has sorry good mental health it, i mean that's brilliant for them and i'm sure that's gonna that's that makes them feel good but it doesn't put them in any sort of danger mm. and it, it, it's not sort of a concern it's sort of okay you've got great mental health that's fine i mean it, it doesn't really affect anyone and it's just a good thing it's interesting you say that actually so i'm gonna stop you there but what you touched upon is you've done exactly what i feel that most individuals do here they say oh yeah you got good mental health that's it let's move on to the bad people who who got stuff wrong with them not wrong with them but they're just not in as good of a state as the social norm sort of expects necessarily and what we tend to see is that these positive states of minds are overlooked and we kind of expect to be feeling like that all the time and we assume that if you're not feeling like that there's something wrong with you and this is essentially the words of what people in society believe and what i find interesting is that we overlook this positive mental health all the time and I don't feel as if we're grateful enough for it because we assume it to be the standard of our lives that we should have this. And fair enough, we, we live in, alhamdulillah, in a really good society where we have money, we have a, a, a roof covering our, health, uh, covering our heads and we have this he- health both physically and somewhat mentally. Whereas if I was to go to a different country, let's say a developing country, and you ask them what mental health for them is, I'm pretty sure they'll have a different interpretation and it's interesting because society is much different in wherever you go and we've kind of, we've kind of been blindsided to other countries and other societies because we are so we are where we are we're ahead of everyone so we don't look back essentially again I think this is down to the media and how they present mental health and they don't focus that much on the good stuff just a question to you guys so in terms of mental health <coughs> What do you think is a solution for uh, helping one cope with, let's say, something like that's affecting uh, negatively in terms of so mental health? So, I think it's about talking to... <laughs> Sorry, Yakim. <laughs> I think to solve mental health is about talking to one another and oh. about your, for what's happening to you. Talking so, so, is the best. T- so telling someone about your problems rather than <coughs> keeping it with you. Yeah, because I th- believe if you keep something inside of you, it will eat you from inside... From from the inside, if you oh, okay. get what I'm saying. Yeah, that makes sense. So what you have? What do you think about that? Um, essentially, what, what I feel is um, mental health, as I could um, said in a brilliant way, which I never thought about. Th- it's not necessarily an issue that you can generalize. It's something that's personal. Something that has to be for an individual. They have to deal with it in their own way. So let's say someone's going through a tough time. How would you? How would you? What would you tell them if you have to give them advice? If I had to give them advice, generally, what you have to realize with tough times is, time is the best of all healers. With time, everything can heal. Uh, even your physical st- scars, the wounds, they close over time. Uh, your mental scars work the same way. Over time, they kind of close up. So, the people going through tough times, they need to realize that it's temporary. It'll pass, and one day you look back at it and laugh. Essentially. What about you, Akib? Um, I sort of agree with Shakib in about uh, sort of talking about your mental health problems, and that's sort of w- what I want to go back upon on what Abdul and Shakib were saying. I think that's why it's important to focus on negative mental health, so it sort of doesn't become such a taboo subject, and we're able to bring it to a light, so people aren't ashamed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, if we're only focusing on mental, positive mental health in the media, then someone who's suffering from negative mental health might think, "Oh, this isn't." 
this is it normal i'm sort of <coughs> the crazy guy maybe i shouldn't actually tell people about this but if we're telling people do you know what everyone suffers from uh, mental uh, poor mental health at times it's best to seek help and we actually focus upon that on in the media then people are more likely to talk about talk out about it and obviously I, i'm i'm not qualified to sort of say but in my opinion if someone who's suffering from men, men, uh, poor mental health and all they see on the, in the media is oh this person's doing brilliantly and this person's really enjoying themselves because of their good mental health surely that's just going to make them feel even more down rather than sort of make them feel better because it's just them just seeing other people having better mental attitude than them which might yes it could inspire them but it could simultaneously just bring them down even further could you argue that the pro- problem with social media is all you're getting is essentially a small window of the most positive things that happen in a person's life I I 100% agree with what Abdul just said there. Yeah, I, f- I believe social media is just small snips of the best part of people's lives. Yeah, they don't show their downs, they just show their ups and this can affect people as their studies shown people get depressed over social me- social media from viewing people as like for example if you have someone who's posting everything other people will be down saying Oh look, he's doing this and this and this and so and so. Whereas I'm here doing nothing, ultimately yeah. nothing. To be honest, with social media, what I think personally is, when you see someone doing so good, being successful, and you're in a state where you feel sad about what little you have and how much they have, I think at that point you say you should just say Alhamdulillah because there are many people who would envy you and want to be in your position because mm. you have so much stuff. You have a roof over your head. You have parents. You're um, you're you're being educated in an institution. There's so many blessings you have, but you don't think about them. Rather than you look at other people and wish you were like them. So when you say Alhamdulillah, that'll instantly help you and make you grateful to Allah of what you have. So essentially, are you so saying that you should always look at the small things and look at people who are below you rather yeah, than above you? You have so many blessings, countless blessings. So you should be grateful. Um, I just want to give an example of such blessings because I feel like it's important how we count every small thing. Let me give you this example. I think I might have mentioned it last week. I can't remember. Let's take, for example, your heartbeat. If I was to give you this example, uh, I have a question for you all. Uh, it's a challenge, more or less. Count the number of heartbeats you've had since birth. Since birth, count all the ones like one, two, three, four, all of them up to this point right now. It's literally impossible because what tends to happen is even if you do the calculations right oh I've done I've been living this long this many hours this many seconds and I've been breathing this fast or this fast what you forget is that you're currently breathing right now so it go- keeps going up and up and up and up it's physically impossible to count the number of heartbeats that you've had but you have to remember your heart's been beating since the moment you've been born for us that's at least 16 whole years and that's just one of the blessings that we've been given. It's physically impossible to thank Allah for all the blessings we've had. So I find that really amazing that uh, we have so much and we just kind of overlook it because sometimes we just really want more. And do you think it's because because everyone, say for example running water, because everyone in this society has it, it's sort of seen as just a normal thing to have. Mm-hmm. And it's not actually appreciated because there are many, many societies in the world where that simple little thing of running water is the greatest of gifts. But because it's so normal to us and we sort of see you know, water everywhere, you know, you have water bottles, you have water, you can go to your kitchen and get a glass of water. We don't actually appreciate how valuable that is mm-hmm. and we don't appreciate the the the, the value of us having such a simple thing um, i believe this goes back down to the society and how everything's been so normalized that we look up or we look upon it we don't look upon it for example if you if we went to like a developing country our eyes would actually open realizing oh yeah they don't have water they don't have a proper house under our roofs and, and we, we would actually realize as humans we've taken so much for granted um, just a question for uh, Shakib. So, in terms of mental health for Muslims, how would it be like, poor mental health? In what context would that be applicable for a Muslim? And why? <laughs> oh, sorry, can you repeat the question? Yes. I didn't really get so that. In terms of mental health, poor mental health for a Muslim, let's say you are Muslim, mm-hmm. in what scenario would it be applicable for you, you know, to have 
feelings of poor mental health, like give an example. But then wouldn't it be personal? As in personal, because someone could be going through a rough patch in their own life. Because the thing is, as a Muslim, what I, what I feel, whatever life throws at you, at the end of the day, it's from Allah and it's a test. And even if it's uh, having a, a hard effect on you that you can't really cope with, at the end of the day, it's a blessing in disguise or Allah has done it to help better you as an individual. Because Allah is the greatest of planners and everything that happens is for a reason. I agree, with you. I, think. I agree with you 100%. But what you, need to for, what you tend to forget is just because we're Muslim doesn't mean we're not human. We all have imperfections within us. And sometimes it's easy to forget all the blessings that we have. And so there are moments, in, even in my life, pro- probably a lot in my life, where you just stop being thankful and you just want more. And I feel as if, uh, as I keep saying, it's personal and it depends on who you are and how, how much you tend to forget this. But essentially what we need to realize is that all of the blessings that we have, sometimes they can be overlooked in the blink of an eye and then we end up with bad mental health. And that brings me on to the point that People who have bad mental health generally it's a state of uh, it's like something overcomes them essentially, like the emotions. They sometimes they go out of control because n- no one who has depression wants to be depressed. Literally, none of them do, but they can't control the emotions, so they're unable to decide for themselves. It's not like we have complete control of our emotions. Like in a game, you might automatically become angry if you lose or something like that. But the thing with mental health, it's not to do with emotions. Like anyone can be happy, sad, or anything like that. Poor mental health is when it like when you get like affects you like, deeply that to the extent that like, you lose hope, you don't eat things like that. That does kind of come under emotions, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I I wouldn't sort of classify poor mental by poor mental health. Sorry, as just that. I think it's a wide range of things. You f- you coming home one day feeling down because you got a bad test, bad grading test mark. Technically speaking, is poor mental health mm-hmm. because your mental state at that time is poor because you're obviously disappointed. Same way, you um, obviously hope this doesn't happen to anyone here. But say if you um, were um, considering a suicide or something like that, then that again counts as poor mental health. It's not just a one sort of word thing that you can just categorize it's very broad and it isn't just we often as when Janae said that we sort of thinking about the extreme cases but mental health can poor mental health sorry can differentiate between many different things and it's hard to just say that's what poor mental health is indeed i think mental health has a strong correlation with the experiences that you have in life so that and I think that links back to poor mental health. Most people who have poor men- mental health have had worst case scenarios throughout their lives, and it's why they have that thought, those thoughts in their head, or why they've been depressed. Is because what's happened in their lives. I kind of disagree with you. There. Generally, what I feel is when people face these situations in their lives, it doesn't necessarily have to have a long-term consequence sometimes they have just short-term consequences but um they d- people who've had a bad history doesn't mean that they're the only ones who can face problems yeah. i feel as if people who've had a good history sometimes and sometimes it kind of goes down down a hill for them because they're so used to feeling one way and then it can all change suddenly so but then again we have to realize it's, it's all personal especially mental health one of the most personal things that you can't really generalize as much as other situations like issues or stuff like that and it's sort of leading on to that it's not really a way doctors really can't diagnose oh uh, you've got this or mm. this because it's so personal and they might be able to say you've got depression but they can't really find out what exactly is leading to that and it's very hard to actually treat and this comes comes down to that person's own feelings and how what what what's going on in that person's life and how exactly it's affecting them I've got a question I'm going to propose to you all. Um, what do you guys think is the best way to kind of s- spot someone who has bad mental health? What do you think? I think people who have bad mental health really just keep to themselves and don't, they don't try to socialise, yet they're always, let's say, <coughs> alone. And that's what I think. Uh, um, like Junaid, what do you I, think? I don't think mental health is something you can spot. It's intangible. Sure, sure. It may have it may manifest manifest itself in some like physical actions, like Asha keeps said, keeping to yourself and whatnot. 
but the thing is, the happiest person you can see may be crying inside. You never know what's going on in their lives. That's so you can never really spot it. That's wise. Um, Akib, what do you think? I 100% agree with Junaid. Um, so from what Shakib said, I would disagree because I think someone who is suffering, obviously, it depends on the person, again, because someone could be suffering from a mental, poor mental health, yet may not want no one else to know that, and therefore could be the most uh, liveliest person to be around, yet when that person goes home and they're by themselves, you don't know what that person might be thinking, or even when that person's got the biggest smile on, smile on their face and they're joking and laughing about, we don't know what's going on in that mind. I, I just want to give a quote by um, Robin Williams. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. I just thought that would just be relevant to You know, I, I think I'm just take back my point and agree <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it was interesting because you keep kind of hitting the nail on the head with the stereotype of some of someone, let's say, diagnosed with depression. Uh, you'd assume that from what social media shows, uh, or just the media itself, that they would be alone, they'd be sad. Uh, like, they have that imaginary rain cloud on top of their head and it's just constantly raining just over them. But we need to realise that that's not what reality is. And society kind of makes this a taboo subject that, oh no, you're not allowed to talk about your health. Do you think that's a big issue? Um, the fact that everyone's kind of been silenced about their mental health? Yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. I think it's seen as something that is bad, but uh, it's actually very common. There might be in some people in here who suffer from mental, poor mental health, and it's something that's very common amongst people. And the, as sooner that society realizes that, the sooner more people can actually talk about it, and it becomes more easier to combat because as soon as you start talking about it, you're able to uh, inherently deal with the uh, issues at hand. Okay, that's the end of this topic um, as we're coming down to the end of our show. Jazakallah khair for listening and uh, we have repeats of our shows uh, on Saturdays 8-9pm. We have podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and as always, stay tuned. Join us next week, inshallah. Community Connect. Connecting the community. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org. And follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.